This is the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. Quick Bites. Welcome to another Pro Audio Suite Quick Bite or Quick Pick because we're talking <laughs> nasal. Uh, you dear. had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> for those of you getting this, hearing this for the first time, this is your first Pro Audio Suite. Sorry. You know everything you need to know. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. sorry, Andrew, I missed, I missed the description of this episode. What was that again? <laughs> exactly, oh, no. exactly. This is timely because I've been fighting a little head cold the last three days, so yeah. uh, 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 nasal. Yeah, yeah I, I, I got struck down two weeks ago, hence the reason I thought, <laughs> this could be a really good topic. Because there's nothing worse than trying to do a voiceover when you're nasally. Yeah. What was yeah. funny so, was I actually rang AP when he was sick and the first thing I said to him when I heard his voice was, did you have a big night last night? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Can't you tell know. the difference. That's the problem. Well, I definitely want to hear what um, Robbo has to say about this. I, I, I haven't given it that much thought, but... I don't know. To me, it's an EQ thing, but Robo, it is. But there's only so this? much you can do, really. I mean, yes, yeah. If it's if you're slightly nasal, yes, you can clean it up. But I'm yet to come across someone who's got a full on head cold, deeply congested, and heard anybody make something that even remotely gets rid of it completely. It is fixable, but it's, there's only so much you can do. It's a bit like the baked cake, you know, in the stereo yeah. mix. It's like it's there. It's there. Unfortunately, or the snot yeah. cross bun. The snot cross bun. <laughs> nice. There's not much you can do about it. There's that not much you can do about it. Look, yeah, I guess the, it, it depends. Yes, if, if someone's got a, a tiny bit of a head cold and they sound a little bit snotty, yes, I can. you can clean that up. But if, the, you know, if you're full on like, oh, my God, I'm, you know, you can't fix that. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, really no. hard. I mean, there's some people whose vocal quality tends to have a bit of a a mid-range right. nasal nasality to it. Yeah. So for me, sometimes mic placement can correct a little bit of it. Mm. Um, sometimes people will have like a Sennheiser 41.6, you know, and they'll, maybe they'll have it aimed too high. So it's actually pointed at the nasal cavity. Yep. That's not yeah. usually a good idea. I had no. that the that, other day, someone who was speaking too yeah. far down the side of the 41.6, I should say. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And uh, just sounded really nasally and dull. And dull. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting you say that because I know I've worked with colds and one engineer in particular did that. It just moved the mic placement away from that sort of sinus area mm-hmm. and took it down lower so at least it was you know, picking up the chest and mouth. But and He was uh, happy with it? Not really, but it was better than what it would have been had he not right, moved the yeah. microphone. It would have solved the problem a little bit. That's, I think, And I think that's what we're sort of saying here is there are things you can do but nothing that's going to get rid of it. The irony is that uh, even when I had that, um, I just picked up a new client doing some radio spots, which you've heard, Robbo. Mm. But the weird thing was they came back and said, oh, look, we don't want to try it again. And it was right at the point where I just, I was just starting to clear my head, but it was still pretty nasally. And they loved it. So now oh, well. it's kind of like, <laughs> it's like, ooh, how am I going to manage that one when they come back? Looking but, for the uh, cotton wool buds to shove up your nose. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's tricky. Yeah, but that's I, tough, right? They yeah. like something that you didn't like and now you have to recreate it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that uh, Isotope haven't come up with something. Yeah, I don't I don't know what you'd do. I mean, it's. Uh, I guess you'd probably have to look for something that's going to add frequencies in there and that aren't there and take others away, I suppose. There'd be some magic mix. You could probably find a way around it, perhaps, if you were that clever. Well, yeah. Here's an idea. So if you have a sample of your voice when it's not nasally, 
and then you have a sample of your voice when it's nasally, and then if you had some kind of plug-in or something where you lay the frequency, the good frequency, over the top of the bad one, mm. and what it does is replicates the frequencies that are, in, that are in the good one and puts them into the bad one. Would that work? Doesn't Isotope have a plug-in that does? I, that is not something... That's something that exists. There's, it's not Isotope. There is a plug-in... Uh, that I have seen, and I'm just checking. I think I wrote it down. But you can actually take like a crowd cheering sound effect and put a voiceover over the top, and it manipulates the crowd. You tell it to look at the voiceover, but it manipulates the crowd cheering like that to sound like the voiceover. So it sounds like the crowd's yelling whatever you want them to say. I can't for the life of me think of the name of it. Well, actually, I just did a little search and um, Isotope has something called Matching EQ. Wow. Okay. okay. Um, That's an EQ, So they're though. saying but they see, have a way to do that. But, to, but, well, are they? Because to match an EQ, you would have to have those higher frequencies that are missing. So you can't match it. Right. You've got to add a frequency. That's the problem. Well, yeah, I mean, if there's frequencies that are just not there, yeah, you can't put them back. That's right. That's and that's what we're there, saying. Or are they just deeply? Are they just deeply attenuated? I would suggest they're EQ, probably right? not there. If you if you've got a snuffly nose, those the frequencies you aren't hearing that make it sound snuffly are being blocked by all the mucus and crap in your head. So I would imagine they're not there. Mm, interesting. I don't yeah, know. I could be wrong. That's an interesting experiment. I'm sure we'll get emails. <laughs> yeah, hopefully I hope we so. do. Yeah. I want to hear what people have to say. Absolutely. But yeah, this thing, you take a snapshot, and then it uses 8,000 bands of EQ. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That was in sync. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> a digital linear phase EQ um, is what they're calling it. So it would be fascinating to see what you could do with that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody listening, will you do that for us? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like doing it, but if somebody else wants to, I'd love to hear what that sounds like. That'd record be really interesting. Nasal. Yeah. Well, well, I guess you could just suppose you could just record a take, pinching your nose, do one with your nose pinched, do another one with your nose open, and see if you can get them to sound the same. That'd be a fascinating experiment. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's another trick as well, which is to try, and it's really difficult, but to try and make all the, the sound uh, come out of your mouth as opposed to sharing it with your nasal uh, cavity. Okay. Um, but that's wow. really difficult to do. If you can do it, it, it definitely helps. That's not something you can just go, I've got a head cold, that's what I'll do. You Surely you need to practice that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's also <laughs> like training voice actors to reduce their sibilance because you can reduce sibilance with coaching. Like, unless it's a biophysical, physiological, I mean to say, thing, um, you can you can reduce sibilance by learning how to not be sibilant. Um, really? Well, so, you yeah, you can, you, can, you can coach sibilance out of your voice with, with practice. Um, and so maybe that's something that can be coached out of someone's voice as well. Um, you know, I've heard voice actors who have a naturally nasally sounding voice that just have a pronounced mid-range and... Um, I think with some EQ adjustment, I can counteract for it a bit, but it's still part of the character of the voice or the, what they call the formant of a voice that it's just, it's so, it's a very complicated thing that just an EQ doesn't maybe not be the only thing that's going to fix it. Yeah. It's funny hearing you talk about the, uh, the sibilance thing though. There's a guy 
uh, here in Australia, a guy called Steve Britton, who's been around forever, does voiceovers all over the place. And he isn't very sibilant when he's recording. Um, but as soon as you touch those high-end frequencies, you know, 2K and up when you're EQing him, just the tiniest upward adjustment and his S's splatter all over the place. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. Just incredible. You can't, you've got to, he's got a big boomy voice, um, mm-hmm. like a like a, a promo trailer voice, I guess, a movie trailer voice. Right. Um, so when you EQ him, if you want him to be brighter, you've actually, rather than sort of putting more high end in, you've actually got to get rid of some of the low end. And that obviously right. that changes the curve and makes him brighter in general. So subtractive yeah, EQ. Yeah, subtractive yeah. EQ in, in exception of, you know, adding stuff in. So yeah. Right, he's um, he's he's yeah. weird. <laughs> he's weird. Yeah, yeah. But you would never <laughs> think it. Listening to his voice, you would think you would need to add top end. Yeah, that's right. It's that yeah. type of voice, but you just can't. Yeah, yeah. You just can't. It just splatters all over. The it place. makes me think of Don LaFontaine, and, and no one would have said he was sibilant, but people always thought of his voice as being super boomy, like this giant voice, and it certainly had this giant character to it, but it wasn't that it was boomy. Like it wasn't a boom bottom heavy, shake the rafters voice. It actually had a huge amount of mid range. Like, it cut like crazy, and that's why his voice works so well as for trailers. Like his, it's just the natural EQ of his voice. The way it sounded, sounded big, and it also just cut like a laser. Yeah, you know. So that was fascinating about his voice. It's probably uh, true for a lot of big boomy voices or perceived big boomy voices though is that, yeah, you're right. They do have that mid-range cut that makes them sit up on top of everything. Yeah. People have a bad habit of wanting to make themselves sound warm. And I'm like, well, you're going to sound like you're on the AM radio in the 50s if you go too warm. You know, it's like the whole, the warmth is is not just bass. It's it's um all the frequencies balancing so that what you're doing is intelligible and clear comes through. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's actually a really interesting topic talking about the frequencies of a voice and what frequencies in a voice work really well. Yeah, and I think people this this also dovetails slightly with acoustics in a booth like this conventional wisdom that you don't need a bass trap in a booth because well, you know, you're not a you're not a bass guitar. But it's it's um, there's so many different frequencies that co- your voice covers such a wide range of frequencies. You don't even realize that it's oftentimes dipping into those bass frequencies into the hundred hertz and less. So um, sometimes I'll hear a voice and it doesn't sound boomy, but the booth it just happens to tickle a frequency that the booth resonates at, and so it sounds even more bass heavy than it really should be because the booth is re- resonating with it. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. It's it's fascinating how that works sometimes. I have a huge bass trap right in front of me, in fact, on the f- floor in front of me. Yeah. The dog. <laughs> no, not the dog. No, he's outside. Thank God he's outside. That's not a bass trap. <laughs> That's aromatherapy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Shocker. Well, so I, I guess if, you know, can you, I guess if you've got a cold, Andrew, so if you've got a cold and you've yep. got to do the job, they yes. don't, they're not, they don't care. Do you try to do anything on your end to counteract or do you just hope that they can use it? I try to not sound too nasally when I'm reading, but I can't, there's nothing else I can do. I certainly don't start EQing or anything. I just 
leave yeah. it as is. But what about physically? Best. Like before you go into the session, do you stick your head over some steam and eucalyptus oil no, or anything I, like that? Well, I can tell you what I do, but it's pretty gross. But um, and this is something Does it involve I involve pouring fluid through your sinus cavity or something. It yes, you're on the right <laughs> track there. It's um, it's a thing called Neil by Fe- uh, Neil by Med, I think it's called, and you buy the box thing and it's got a little plastic bottle with a spout on the top. And it's kind of like a bicarb and salt mix in these sachets. So you mix that with warm water and then you flush. And I should do it every day, really, because it's actually pretty good for you anyway. But that's I just go hardcore on that and just try and blow everything out. And then if I'm doing a session, I'll try and push it out as long as I can into the day. So if, if I can get to sort of two or three in the afternoon, that seems to be a sweet spot when things seem to have settled down a bit. Um. And that's about it. Perhaps I can help you there a little bit. My um, my thirteen-year-old uh, son has some nasal issues, um, just in terms of the the width of his nasal passages and stuff. And he was given uh, a nasal nasal spray, which does exactly what you're talking about by uh, ear, nose, and throat specialists. So this is straight out from the doctor. If you want to yep. try what Andrew's talking about, uh, he uses a teaspoon of salt, a teaspoon yep. of bicarb of soda mixed with go. 500 mils of water, and that will do exactly Correct. what AP's talking about. Yep, that's it. And um, that's what I've been doing for years. Mm. So if I feel if I feel someone around me's got a cold, I'll get straight into it Yep, and just go hard. And if I end up with the cold, I just flush like crazy and yeah. hope that that works. Whenever, when I was a kid and whenever I had a head cold, my old man used to get a, a bowl of warm, salty water and tell me to go stick my head in it and suck it up my nose. And I hated it. It was terrible. But I tell you what, it certainly did the job. Yeah, it's exactly the same thing. So there you go. Great. Well, that's about the only workaround I can think of. I can't think of too many others that are going to rescue you. But uh, use the recipe, use AP's magic shot. And uh, I reckon at least you're on your way to clearing it up a little bit. Yeah. Don't point the Mike's sweet spot right into your nasal cavity. There you go. (laughs) Correct. Yes. Yeah. And then have a good lie down, lots of orange juice, lots of garlic, my grandma would suggest if you had a head cold, and rest up. Yeah, exactly. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. That's it, exactly. Uh, exactly, and then go boogie. <laughs> go boogie, that's it. Yeah. On that note, I, I, I don't think we can top that. We've got to get out of here. If your nose runs and your feet smell, you're upside down. <laughs> that was the Pro Audio Suite. If you have any questions or ideas for a show, let us know via our Facebook, the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. You're